Hey y'all, it's Danielle. And Tykeen and I just wanted to give you a little bit of background on why we decided to name our podcast Ain't No Free Lunch. Apparently, it's not as explicitly clear as he and I thought it was. So we're just going to throw a little bit of the background out there for you. It's just a colloquialism used by grandmamas the world over. It's an endearing but very real lesson in understanding that everything in this world comes with a price. Tykeen and I understand and want to express to everyone else is that we know that if we want to see things happen and change in our world or society or classroom or whatever, then we need to be actively working for and engaging in the struggle for that change. We do realize that this is a podcast and not us working in the actual, I'm putting bunny ears around this, so actual streets. But we are hoping to plant those seeds. However, don't get it twisted though. Our day jobs actually involve us working in different forms of public service, quote unquote, those streets that we're talking about. Even still, we just want to express that we know that just by raising our voices that we can kick off the revolution with your help, of course. In the words of the ever immortal Tupac, we're not saying we're going to change the world, but we are trying to guarantee that we're going to spark the brain that will end up changing the world. Oh, did you just quote Tupac? I did. I had to. <laughs> And that's all that we're doing here at Ain't No Free Lunch. Sparking conversations about the work that needs to be done with a millennial perspective, a black perspective, of course. And just reminding everyone that nobody eats for free. Everything comes at a cost to somebody, somewhere, somehow. What we want you to know is we don't want to just sit by the sidelines and wait for the solutions to our collective or personal problems to come and just drop out of the sky. That's not our expectation. We want to work for what we want to see. So hopefully you're going to be along for the journey with us. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. Let's eat. What's up? How are you? I'm good. A little bit tired. Ready to rock and roll. It's been quite the week, quite the weekend. How are you? Oh, man, I'm tired. I've been uh, on the road up and down. Yo, as uh, my mama was saying, we, say, we gotta stop saying we're tired. She's always like, you are what you say you are. Uh-huh. I'm not old. You're as old as you feel. You're as tired as you uh, feel. Those positive Although, affirmations. Yeah, she probably wouldn't appreciate me uh, <laughs> using that <laughs> voice <laughs> to imitate her. Mama Green, I see you on Snapchat all the time. Right? She's the Snapchat queen, even though she's never on her own Snapchat. She's forever on my Snapchat. I mean, I do kind of forcibly put her up there. Because, I mean, she's got all the fans. People don't even want to see me on my Snapchat. They want to see my mama. You know, the real life Mrs. Huxtable. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. No, I'm ready for the week to start. It's been a 
eventful week with everything going on with from Donald Trump and his foolishness. I'm ready for his VP pick. I'm ready for, I don't know. It's only May and I'm almost low-key ready for the year to be over, but not really because I'm ready for summertime. You know, you know I, I mean, I, I think we'll know a few things about Donald Trump's, uh, his VP pick off bat. You know, we know he's going to be very, very smart. And we know that he's going to be <laughs> a winner. <laughs> we'll change. We will have so much winning if I get elected that you may get bored with winning. If it's a he, I, I'm not above him. What does he say? Quote, unquote, pulling the woman card. So we'll definitely have to wait around and see what that I, is. I mean, but. call a spade a spade. What woman is going to stand up beside Donald Trump? Is he going to pick his um, uh Sarah Palin was up there real quick. I'm sure there are plenty of, um, plenty of women out here that are ready to take that real quick, that leap. I mean, Sarah Palin isn't a winner, so. <laughs> I mean, hey, he's and, happy to have her on his team, though. And she's not very, very smart. I mean, you know, <laughs> in the words of our eloquent president, you know, if you put lipstick on a pig, it's right. still a pig. You know, yeah. you better preach on this. Oh, my God. But but yeah, I'm I'm actually super over discussions about politics. Like at the very beginning, I was super into it. I was watching all the elections. I was all the debates. Now people are like, oh, the primary. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm just thinking about what I'm having for dinner tonight. <laughs> like I'm not engaged, which is so bad because I'm a civics and economics teacher. That's so- terrible. <laughs> my kids will come in but they come in with some off the wall like world world star hip hop news like Miss Green Donald Trump said he was sending us back to Africa boo boo let let it be known that if he has said that within the past couple of weeks I would know but but, but like, no but, but he did but you know what you know what maybe we should pitch like this to world star you know i i hit up i'm gonna e- i'm gonna email q and say look q this is an opportunity for you to engage a different demographic i'm gonna reach and out world star no do you know they actually yell that before fights though like that's a thing yeah you know i <laughs> I was like walking through the mall one day uh-huh. and um I saw these people about to fight and so someone said <laughs> What in the mall? Someone said, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta pull out my camera first. And then it's press recording and <laughs> so said, true. World Star. I'm li- I'm <laughs> lying though. I'm lying though. <laughs> that's <laughs> you're a fool. You just made up an entire no, but my kids, like, for real, if it's not recorded, it doesn't count. Like, that's how, they don't understand. That's how everybody gets caught. They record it and then put it on YouTube. Like, we don't know how to check YouTube. Excuse me. It's not that difficult. I mean, people out here for the views nowadays. You know, I mean, we out here for the listeners. You know, it's, all, it's, of the views, it's, it's all about analytics. That's what it's all about. Speaking of the views, have you have you heard Drake's new album? You know... It's not it's not Drake season for me yet. You know what? It's it's almost never Drake season for me. <laughs> I do I really enjoy a lot of his songs, but I actually haven't listened yet. But from what I'm hearing, it's like half the populace is like super hype about it, and then the other half half is like underwhelmed. I mean, so. you know, 
50 Cent the philosopher that Are that is. I know you're not about to talk about 50 Cent. That <laughs> what? <laughs> 50 Cent said once that his second album I think his second album had what five number ones. How many albums did Fifty Cent have? Hold on, that that's not the issue at hand. I think oh, I think I think his it. second album had five number ones. Fifty Cent said that for anyone else, I mean that's like the best album of their career, which are facts. Fifty Cent second said, album. Had, I always feel like everybody's first album is drops, and then everybody's like over it. But but five hits, you know that that's amazing. You know oh, five number ones. On, on on any album is unheard of. But the truth of the matter is, he said, I set the bar so high for myself, you know what I mean? I, I'm kind of running the race versus myself. So that's, Drake, he's kind of doing the same thing. Like, who's out there to compete with him? I mean, other than Beyonce. Beyonce and, is on another level from Drake. Do not even compare them. And I'm not even a Beyonce fan. She is like the world's largest pop star right now. Like the world. Well, first of all, I think that we. I mean, Drake is fine, but I mean, I'm not gonna throw him a bone where he don't deserve it. Like his music is great. He's created a whole new genre. You know what I mean? And he it's, got yeah, that's what I'm Yeah, he's his own genre of music. Like that's Drake right there. But that's Beyonce. Like I mean, as my mom says, Beyonce. She didn't even say Beyonce. It's Beyonce. I mean, you know. So are y'all in formation in the Green household? I mean, always and forever. Oh, okay. We've been in formation. We we, we were in formation before she told us to get in formation. Low key, she hasn't told us what to do after we got in formation. She, that's like the last song in, on the Lemonade album. But so so we need answers. Maybe we should get Beyonce up. Be- Beyonce up here. Beyonce. <laughs> you gotta pronounce it right. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna send you some hot sauce to put in your bag for your birthday. Beyonce is wild. <laughs> no, the truth of the matter, Beyonce's probably never been the Red Lobster. You know what? We're not gonna go there. She probably has though. She's from like South Texas. Is Houston in the South? I have no idea about geography down there. I mean, out of all the places to eat in Texas, you really think she's going to Red Lobster? Like. Beyonce. Their cheddar biscuits are good. Yo, did you see the Red Lobster made them Bay biscuits? Like oh, cheddar Bay biscuits. Those are yeah. good. Okay, yeah, like, like I'm not B- act B- like I don't like them. B E Y Bay. I mean, oh excuse me. That's what they did after the Super Bowl performance. I was, yeah. I was shocked, and their sales went through the roof as well. I don't remember the last time I went to Red Lobster. Actually, I do. Funny story, and then we'll get to what we need to get to. So my junior year of college, I was rooming with this girl who's from Tennessee, really sweet girl. She was on the golf team, um, but her family was loaded. Like her little brother was like 15 and had his own airplane. Would like pick her, like fly to William and Mary, pick her so, up. So we're going to shout you out right now. Um, hey, Katie. But yeah, so. Hey, Katie. <laughs> you have a but yeah, so what was the point of that story? See, you got me off track. Got one the real lobster. So. Oh, okay. So at the end of the year, my boyfriend at the time and I were like, we offered to like help her move some of her stuff out with her dad, and <laughs> and literally we moved like two boxes, like max two boxes, and then I think um, my boyfriend at the time he like moved a chair. 
And her dad legit was like, you know, I really want to thank you guys for helping us out. Like, you really didn't have to. And we're both sitting there like, bro, we moved two boxes. Like, we we weren't even sweating. And he just was like, yeah, so uh, here. And he gives us $100 for moving, like, two boxes in a chair. Like, I moved the box. He moved the box. And Hold legit, on. we looked at each other. We were like, bro, <laughs> we're going to Red Lobster. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Red Lobster, I, I love you. I really, Yo, really do. But, but, but for real, like, y- y'all went to Red Lobster. We were like, in Williamsburg. Williamsburg, Virginia. Where are we going? Okay. Well, I, I have a similar funny story since we're going to tell stories. So... <laughs> I had a friend in college. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm gonna call his name. I'm gonna shout you out, Marcus Dean. Hey Marcus. I don't know I don't know him, but hey. <laughs> you, met him at, you met him at homecoming a few years oh, ago. Okay. So Marcus, you know, we were sitting down talking, you know, I was like, man, you know, I, I'm really trying to get away from chain restaurants. That's what I'm telling them in college, like as a sophomore. Right. And so UNC does that to you. I don't know what y'all learned at women married, but hey. it, it, but anyway, um, I don't know what y'all learned at UNC either, but we won't go there. Marcus said, man, shoot, I treat my girls good. I take them to Applebee's. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, though. Applebee's, their mozzarella sticks be hitting. So, Marcus, you could take me to Applebee's. I'm all about the two for 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I mean, and he said it. He said it proud too. Like Mar- Marcus, man, I'm proud of you. You're doing very well for yourself <laughs> now. Like I bet you he'd laugh if if someone mentioned going to Applebee's. But Applebee's I mean, so ser- fake. I mean, I like Apple- Applebee's. Applebee's. Hey, excuse me, Applebee's. We love if you like to sponsor us, but <laughs> but Applebee's is really like. A step up from McDonald's. No, it's not. Don't even do it. Time. What's a step up from McDonald's? So no, but so, so I like their. I gotta. I gotta. You know. So hold on. I bet you your meal at Applebee's is within three dollars of what you would get at McDonald's. No, it's not. It's called the value menu. What you plan for? Um, dollar menu. Okay. Two for twenty. I do not spend twenty dollars at McDonald's. No, sir. No, sir. Anybody who's spending twenty dollars at McDonald's might need to reevaluate some things. So if you're paying two for if you're paying two for twenty, that means you're paying ten dollars. I don't pay ten dollars. I didn't. I just say the, the dollar menu. What does that mean to you? Okay. <laughs> A small step up. <laughs> Applebee's. We love, love, love to have your support. After he just threw because, all the shade. Because we, we know ain't no lunch free at Applebee's. Absolutely not. There's no free lunch anywhere. In case you guys missed that what you were listening to, I'm Danielle. And I'm Takeen. <laughs> and so we decided to start, hopefully you listened to our teaser, uh, we decided to start Ain't No Free Lunch as a podcast just as a way for us to express things that are impacting millennials from a perspective of millennials. Uh, But we chose the name Ain't Ain't No Free Lunch mostly because nothing in this world is free. I mean, 
let's be real. You eat for free? Nah, I you know, I can't think of the I got I got charged one time for postage on a bill. <laughs> I actually do get charged for postage on a bill, like yeah. my, my electric bill or my gas bill or something like that. Yeah, I gotta pay for postage. Yeah. I got I had to pay for postage for my water bill and so I told them that I, you know I wanted to save the environment and uh you know just send it to me paperless. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing free in the world, you know. I can't even get a bill for free. Right. That's awful. But since nothing's free, that means we have to work for everything, which at the end of the day, you got to have, we have questions about everything. And so we need to find solutions to those. So that's mostly what our conversations are going to be about, what you're going to be hearing. Um, And we like to have fun. Oh, naturally. So even though it sounds like we're going to be kind of heavy, sometimes we will be. Most times we probably won't be. We're just, we're looking for solutions. I guess we can go ahead and get into it. Let's see. So, about 11 weeks ago, some people on Twitter, because, you know, Twitter is kind of like my news source now. It is my news source. It's like my newspaper. Yeah, Who's paying for the newspaper? That's where I start. And uh, so, I'm looking on Twitter, and I keep hearing people talk about this new show called Underground. Man, I'm not going to watch that. What? And that's what I said initially. Like I, I love look... slave stuff. I mean, not to make it sound as sketchy as it did. Oh, oh so that's part of the problem. Like, I, I don't want people to like over dramatize slavery. Like, you know, I, I don't want this to be like really pretty and and you know, people saying, oh, they were just workers. You know, like they do in Texas. You know, in, in oh, Texas. Oh yeah. Texas. Yeah. Yeah, we're workers. And, and, and so I said, you know, I think I'm gonna pass on this. I'm gonna watch Empire. And then I'm a chill. And so then I logged off Twitter. So, yeah. So I, I log off of Twitter. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to watch this. I'm not. I can't do it. And so then I heard amazing things about it. And from who? Tell me. Tell them who you heard it from. Well, you know. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Danielle was hyping it up. Was like, I was so hyped. <laughs> and, and she was like, and it's free on WGN. Like, <laughs> check it out. So I go check it out. It's like, yo, this this is dope. So then I asked DVR, and so I started watching it every week. It's crazy. Crazy. And yeah. so tonight we're gonna talk about underground. We go, we're gonna delve into this entertainment a little bit, and we're gonna talk about underground. So so when I heard about Underground, I love slave stuff. Like, let's let's be real. I read neo-slave narratives. I took all the classes on slavery I could. I watched 12 Years a Slave. I'm low-key hype. What's that new slave movie that's about to come out? Nat Turner. I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, yeah. See that. No, he's that's, from Virginia, too. I'm going that, already, that already scares me from the trailer. Like, the trailer made me want to run away and hide in the corner. But I'm so here for it. I'm going to watch it. So when I saw that Underground was online, I was trying to get people to watch it because, you know, I don't know. It's it's more fun when you know people <laughs> who watch the same shows as you do. But nobody was really feeling it. So I had to go watch it and then hype it to everybody around me. And apparently the only person who cared about me hyping it was Coop. <laughs> you're the only person that started watching it with me. 
Um, but yeah, guys, if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. It's live. It's about these seven slaves that live on this huge plantation in Georgia, and they make this escape to go north and run away to freedom. It stars Journey Smollett. Is that how you say it? Smollett? Smollett? Yeah. Smollett Bell. I love her, even though I don't uh, know how to pronounce her last name. I, I totally have a couple crush on her and her husband, Josiah Bell. I'm not going to even. I follow both of them on Instagram and only like the pictures of them where they're together. Oh, Whatever. really? Very real. It, it follows her, Aldous Hodge. Also, just disclaimer, guys. I don't know how to pronounce anybody's name. So if I mispronounce things, charge it to my head, not my heart. So, and, so Aldous Hodge is. There you go. He is Noah, and he's kind of like... Is he the main character, would you say? Because I kind of feel like it's like a shared main character space between him and Rosalie. Yeah, I, I guess I had to say that he's the main character because like the opening scene was him running. Right, which, can we just talk about that opening scene really quickly? Yeah. With like that on top of, and I'm not a Kanye West fan. Oh, but, I am. But, you already know I'm here for the first three albums and then a sporadic sprinkling of other songs. So I can't just can't deal with his craziness. And tread, it just, tread lightly, but carry on. <laughs> either way, I'm not here for Kanye. But like putting that on top of his running and like the breathing and the beats, I knew from like the first five seconds of the show, I was like, this is about to be lit. Like I was so here for it. Yeah, you know, I thought I was watching the wrong show <laughs> because I was like, I know they don't have Kanye. Like, I was expecting like an old spiritual or something, spiritual. like <laughs> way in there in the water, you know, like I was expecting something like that. But then they had this Kanye. I was like, oh, snap, this might be fire. Well, the and exact producer is John Legend. Like, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, I we got to give him time. credit. The music is fire. If you don't watch this for anything else other than the fact that it's an amazing show that everybody needs to be watching, um, just listen to it for its musical score. Like, it's got to win some sort of award. It's just got, like, present-day music juxtaposed with, like, late 1800 imagery, which is – it's just beautiful. Yeah. You know, John Legend got a lot of respect from me from this. Like, yeah, it's it's so good. And, and so Noah, who is Aldous Hodge, like the opening scene, he's running into. Can we just real pause real quick? Spoiler alert, just so y'all know, we might be talking about things that happened in it, but proceed. Yeah, yeah. So you got to let him know. So Noah, after that, like I noticed that he's like, he's walking with a limp. Right. And, and, oh, this was fire! Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm thinking, like, oh man, you know, maybe they did something to him. Maybe they like tried to cut his Achilles, so, you know, like make, to make sure that he would never become a fugitive again. Right, right. But then we quick we quickly learned that Noah's like he's faking this, like he's setting them up, like it, it's like the epic he has, opa dope. 
He is everybody fooled, including Rosalie, who at that point is like, they don't really know each other because if, in case you guys haven't watched, which I hope you are, and if you haven't, you need to go watch it. Uh, Rosalie's a house slave. And soon, we soon find out, is the daughter of the head house slave and the plantation, plantation owner. owner. Yeah, so Ernestine, and oh, who's the head house slave, and Tom Macon, the plantation owner. So she is in the house, so she doesn't know Noah, who is a darker-skinned field slave. And he has her fooled. She's supposed to be coming in to, like, help him, and he's just chilling. Like, she was like, aren't you supposed to be hurt? And he was like, I mean, you let them see what you want them to think. And I was like, mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, very, very quickly. So one thing that I initially thought was like, Oh my goodness, like they're moving so fast. Like this is only like we knew from the beginning that this was only 10 episodes. Right. And so I'm thinking like I honestly thought that they may lose some people and possibly myself included by being kind of slow and just a lot of setting the plot for the future. But John Legend, shout you out. He didn't waste <laughs> anytime see i was on the opposite end i wanted them to slow down like i'm like okay first episode we talking about running what what did they run like the third episode i was like homie like can we get a plan in order please (laughs) i was like you you gonna because see my concern was they were gonna they were gonna go too fast and then run out of plot you know what i mean so where it's like then which you know shout out to shonda rhymes i love her but sometimes with like scandal she has the plot like she runs with the plot and then you'll watch an episode where it's like yo you run out of ideas yeah like a filler episode but right you know part of me feels like they didn't expect this to get a second season i don't think they did i don't think they did but it's so good and so i I feel like they're just kind of hey we're gonna go ahead and get this everything out there and then maybe someone else will pick it up in a few years but Right. Fortunately, WGN renewed it so that we do have a second. Oh, they have no choice. Like, didn't they have, wasn't this like the best show that they've had come out of WGN and forever? WGN's viewer uh, audience grew 51% in the first quarter this year. Most people that I've been telling, like, oh, you need to watch Underground. And and they're just like, okay, what channel is on? I'm like, WGN. They're like, what's that? I've never heard of that channel. Yeah, you know... I always like I try to turn on all the TVs in my house to underground. Right. Even what? if even if I'm not watching it. Well what? Just Oh, did it increase the viewership? Does yeah. that even work like that? No, nah, not really, but <laughs> I'm old school sometimes. I used know. to do that with blackish. Like I would just turn it on even if I wasn't gonna be watching it just because I wanted, you know, it to prosper. Which I love blackish, by the way, but that's a I, different episode. I, I can't get into it. Oh my goodness! That okay. We'll really have to talk about that later. I love it, but yeah. So let's let's just like head straight into the season finale. So there's all the they they break for the run. There's all of these people that they lose along the way. Yeah. So they Art, started. They started with. They started seven. with eight. Really. Well, yeah, eight. No, nine. Because Sam, Sam didn't leave. And then, well, Rosalie wasn't supposed to leave, remember? Oh, okay. So then, yeah, you're right. Then it was eight because they said that Rosalie wasn't up to running. You're right. right. You're right. And so they they had to leave in haste. So before we we really go to the season finale, something is very, very important to me. Like, 
okay, so we know Rosalie and Noah left first because right. Rosalie killed the overseer. Right, because he was attempting to rape her. Right. And so they ran first, and so everyone said, oh, I knew they wouldn't come back and get us. And so then Cato, who's like, who's the slave overseer. The one you love to hate, but you love at the same time. Yeah, and so... You have no idea how many times I wish for him to die, only to hope that he doesn't. Right. (laughs) And and so Tom Macon, who's the plantation owner, like, he really was like, hey, Cato, you know, Rosalie and Noah left. I'm really going to need you to really, really, like, put the reins on these slaves and show them who's boss. He's like, yes, sir, master. Yes, sir. And so he gives them some of his alcohol. And so throughout the whole day, we see Noah being a huge jerk. Like Kato. Kato. Sorry. Kato. Kato's being, like, the biggest jerk possible. Yeah, because everybody thinks the power's gone to his head. Right. And and meanwhile, he's throwing the alcohol on the ground. And still, I, I, was like, he's just I thought it was wasteful. water. I didn't think it was alcohol. I thought it was water. Like, and he then he, he uses it to set a fire so the rest of them could run. To the cotton fields. Like, he, he lights everything on fire. Like, not all of the fields, but, like, a huge chunk on it. That's money. You have to understand, like, that is so much money he's setting on fire. And then they all just take off. But I feel like within this show, there are so many complexities that they investigate that makes me so happy. Like, one of the things that I was worried about, and this does take us into the finale, is that they were going to have this, like, white savior complex in the show. Because I feel like every single time... I don't know, not every single time, but in a lot of like slave narratives, like there's always this need to force the idea of like the white savior, the white graceful, like, like, you know, the person who believes in God so much or blah, 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 which is great because the preacher is actually one of the most racist people in on the show. Absolutely. Um, and they do they do have those two people because it's, it's important to understand that the Underground Railroad was what it was in part due to white abolitionists who were willing to put themselves on the line and to help. But at the same time, they do, they allow those people to exist. The Hawks, the, I think it's like John and Elizabeth, John and Elizabeth Hawks, they allow them to exist, but they don't take away the slaves agency, which I find to be incredibly important. And I think you can see that like the creator, Misha Green, and I think Joe Pekaski is how you say his name. They really don't allow the the slaves' agency to be taken away at all, and I think that's huge for this show. Right, and, and you know something else that really really stood out to me. So there were eight slaves that actually made it off the plantation. Right, and, and one pretty much sacrificed herself for her daughter, for right? her daughter Which to have freedom. Beautiful. Right, and so no. So these- we know these seven slaves that escaped, these seven fugitives, as the making seven, right? Right. And so the plantation owner offered $1,000 dead or alive for each slave. So what is $1,000 in, you know, let's say 1860? Isn't it like 50 grand or something did per he- offer more for rosalie because she was his daughter and she wanted him he or something like that she wanted he wanted her to come back alive i don't remember i I don't think i can't remember if he actually verbalized it or not like 
I don't remember either. But everyone wanted Rosalie. Like, they didn't really yeah. care about anyone else. It was always Rosalie. So, according... Okay, so that's now that's cleared up. It would probably have been around, like, just over $30,000, I think, if you do, like, the inflation calculator between then and now. So, it's still... It's buku money. I don't have money like that. Yep. I wish somebody had thirty k to drop on me. So basically, not dead or alive. I don't be a slave. I'm just saying, if you want to put it in my so, account, so, so nearly a half a million dollars for yeah, for total all, all seven of them. Right. Okay. Right. So they did collect on some of that money though, because I mean, spoiler alert, they don't all make it. But y'all know that. Like, I'm not gonna name if just in case you want to go back and watch it. They they don't all make it, um, at all. But. One of the reasons why I love the season finale totally goes back to the agency part in terms of women in this. And, you know, as a black woman, like women in this have so much agency. They drive the entire narrative. Like Mama Ernestine, that opening scene with her her praying over baby James, I knew, I knew she was about to pop off. I knew it. I was like, she's not done. They just killed her son. She's about to burn everything on fire. Everything's but, about to get burnt to the ground. But we've we've <laughs> seen we've seen Mama Ernestine. So like Mama Ernestine is kind of like she's definitely my crush on the show. So oh um, I I would call her my bae. I remember like on it was like the first or second episode how she is like. She's the, the boss. The plantation owner, like, uh, obviously he wants to have sex with her. But Weird. this is a little bit different from the narrative that we know about, like, Sally Hemmings and such. Because she is consenting to it, but on her own terms. Can she consent? She well, can't consent. Well, I mean, on her own terms. I mean, she, she tells... I, I mean, this is, this is pretty much like... Like, like some of this bondage, this is kind of like this bondage stuff. She was like, "No, you only have when I tell you," and so she right. tells him when and where. Yeah, but anyway, like, so she's pretty much calling the shots, even though she's a house slave. So we see that early on, and then we learn that she has some kids by the plantation owner, Tom Aiken, and yeah, then what? A, oh, she killed uh, Boo's mother. You remember? Right, right, right. Because she was protecting her own kid. Yeah, she was protecting like she her was own kid. She was gonna give up Rosalie. But oh so my probably my favorite episode in the entire uh, in in the entire season was probably episode I think it was episode three where Rosalie stole the seal Right. And she hid in the molasses and so Ernestine thinking quickly on her feet convinces uh, the slave owner's white son, T.R. Macon, to take the hit for it. Say, oh, pop, I had the I had the seal, and she gave him some molasses candy. So she's always like a step ahead, always, always until the very end, where yeah, they, I, you know I don't want to ruin it all the way, but spoiler they, alert: they definitely check Ernestine at the end. Well, Susanna, the wife 
of Tom Macon at the very end, like, yo, I my jaw hit the ground. So basically, I, I said I was going to ruin it, but too bad. I'm about to ruin it. Ernestine, her oldest son, who is not by Tom Macon, he in this like most like this poignant scene. And this is why I say black women in this show has so, have so much agency. So it broke my heart. Her oldest son runs away. Uh, multiple times. Well, no, one time gets I caught. Think, I think it was in, multiple times. Well, maybe they were, time. maybe they were dreaming the other time. I don't know. It's one time. So he gets caught. Tr, the youngest son, the white youngest son, tells on him. Um, she's about to cut his Achilles tendons, and then Tom Macon says, "Don't." Blah blah blah. He gets wrapped up with these political. At his political aspirations, he wants to be a Southern politician. So he hangs Sam as an example to say that he's kind of like, quote unquote, not soft on the slaves or, you know, but, 1980s rhetoric, soft I, on crime. But what I found was very, very interesting about that, like he was receiving peer pressure from, yeah. the, from the preacher. He, he totally did. That's why I said that preacher is like the most racist person there. But at the end of the day, like when he kills Sam, he hangs him. Ernestine at the convention didn't they have the convention there at the same time? Yeah, sort of. Like they were trying to get him his not he was trying to get their nomination. Yeah. But so they kill him, they throw Ernestine into the hole. She's released, but at the same time, at the end, well not the end, at the in the season finale, he's basically begging her to come to Washington and to come to Washington with him. Right. And so then they have this like intimate scene where I'm like, what is going on? Like, shoddy girl, homie just killed your son, like hung him. But at the same time, she was plotting on him. Anyway, she she has him hung. She hangs the plantation owner with the help of someone else. She's controlling everything. So she's basically like, I don't forgive you. She has him hung makes it look like a suicide. One of the last scenes, which is why I cannot wait for this new episode, is Susanna, Tom Macon's wife, who's like riding with her in a carriage and she's just like, you know what? But, you but, have taken what? Don't forget Susanna's father also had some biracial children. That, right. That, 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 that doesn't slaves. bother. She yeah. says that doesn't bother her. Yeah. She's like, it's not that you slept with my husband. It's not that you bore children with him. It's the fact that even my children don't look to me. They look to you. And I'm sitting here like, shawty girl, ain't nobody tell you not to raise your kids. Like, you mad at her because you won't, you, what? Excuse me? Anyway, <laughs> she tells Ernestine that she's going to sell her. They're at an auctioneer block. And that she's going to take her son, James, the itty bit. The, oh, my poor baby. I just want to take him with me. I've, he's tweeted at me a couple times, low key. So we could be friends. Oh, here we um, go. Baby James, she tells him that she's going to take it. She tells Ernestine, Susanna, by is who I mean, is going to take her him in the house and raise him like her own. I was like, those are fighting words. So I'm ready for Ernestine to just lay paws on her at the beginning of season two and it just be a wrap. Because I've never seen her not be a step ahead. And it's like, I don't know. She she is the black woman with the most agency. I mean, as much agency as you can have in that 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 situation she wields her sexuality she's smart as a whip she has children so like that plantation is run by her like it stands because of her and so I'm really interested to see what becomes of it 
after she leaves. Yeah, and you know, like even down to the 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 scene in like the the smokehouse right. with when August. Yeah, August. The uh, Elliot Stabler. I refuse to call him August. He knows what his name is. What's up, Elliot? <laughs> so when August, who was, you know, he was like a slave hunter. You know, that was his specialty, catching fugitives. Right. He started hallucinating. Right, because of the devil snare, because Rosalie was smart as a whip and threw devil snare in her dress before putting it on a fire to, but, like, intoxicate everybody. But what I found very, very interesting was the fact that he was hallucinating about Ernestine. And so, obviously, like... He met her. Yeah, he met her, but... So, I, I think it really somewhat focuses on... It goes back to that sexuality piece, because we know Ernestine is... Very, very attractive. Bay mm-hmm. of the day. She, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, she's smart as a whip. And so even in his hallucinations, she is in control of him. Like, she's telling oh, yeah, him. totally in control. Yeah. And, and so I, why in the world does he always take his shirt off, though? August? Because Elias Sabler has the body of the gods, even though he's like 50. Okay. What's up, Elliot? Please, please, please. Hello, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of the line. I am. I'm out of pocket. Let me chill. Let me chill. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, so, Ernestine always seems to be in control. So, right. what do you think is going to happen? Like, do you think she's going... She's already killed two people in oh, season yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and she it, don't even care. She ch- oh, no, she does care. She's like... She, she, when she told Tom Macon that basically when she was hanging him, she was like, you know, uh, we both going to hell. You just going to be there first. <laughs> you going to get there first. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think there's a really point, like, it really, it it's wrapped in her. So, like, the season finale is totally wrapped in her. It shows her praying over James at the beginning. It shows her praying over James at the end. She says, you know, we're all going to hell. Some of us just a big faster than the others. She's tell as she's hanging Tom Macon, she's telling him like, yo, you thought that you were gonna break me. Like you break the female so that I'll that way I'll break my kids. Right. And honestly, I did not expect him to get hung. I thought she was gonna kill him with poison like she did with old girl before. Yeah. Um, Susanna's half sister, whose mother. But I I don't she's definitely not gone. They they she's going to be if she if she is going to be sold, we're still going to be seeing Ernestine. Like there's no way that she's her character is far too powerful for that to be possible. Yeah, and, so what happens like do you think she can she will that same power at at the new plantation will John Hawks buy her? So I don't John, know. John Hawks is Tom Macon's brother. Right. Which is so there's this great dichotomy within Underground, if you haven't watched it yet, where Tom Macon is this huge plantation owner in Georgia with all these political aspirations, and his brother is John Hawks, who is this pro abolitionist man who along with his wife is running an underground railroad like kind of stop in his in under his house so 
I'm not sure what to do with Ernestine. Like, you normally I can just kind of give a guess, but I have no idea. She she wields so much power. And then the thing about it is, since we're on the topic of her and Hawks, I think it's important to note that Hawks doesn't even know that Rosalie, one of the main characters along with Noah, one of the Macon Seven who runs away, is technically his niece. Like... Elliot or slash August has to tell him, yo, your brother has black kids. Like, you know, one of those kids, like one of the making seven is actually your niece. And, but I, I do want to discuss really quickly, like the, the power play of sexuality in this show, because there is, I mean, it is mature audiences for sexuals, you know, it, it starts at 10 at night. Right, but I think there's so much power placed in sexuality in this show. Just between Ernestine and her her owner, I think there are a lot of questions of like there there are rape scenes in this show without it being like overtly like oh someone's being raped. And and yeah. and I mean that by like you know, Ernestine and Tom, like I said, is it consensual? Like, she might wield power in the sexual, like, act, but is the sex with him something that she actually wants? Like, Yeah, so, and you know, that brings up another question I have, so let's definitely talk about that, but while I'm thinking about it, it seems like the bathtub, a lot of important things happen around the bathtub. Because it's a sexual space. It's an intimate space. And, and and so, you know, like, Boo's mother first. Ernestine had the conversation with her, trying to tell her how to manipulate Tom Macon. Right. Later to find out that she wouldn't be talking to Tom Macon. Right. Um, but that Susanna. happened. That happened. In she two. devil. <laughs> but that <laughs> happened in the bathtub. And then there was a scene, I think Boo was in the bathtub. Right. Before she really opened up. And then Elizabeth Hawks, she had the bathtub scene after she was raped by... Well, because... And, and that's another scene that I was talking about with, like, the sexuality where right. she has... And I forget his name. He's the sheriff. He... It, they were engaged at one point, and then they weren't engaged, and he never, like, fell out of love with her, or so he says... And so he discovers that Elizabeth is like holding Boo, who's one of the making seven, the runaway, a runaway slave who just kind of casually found her way to the their Hawks under residence. yeah the Hawks residence. And so the sheriff discovers that Boo's there, and he basically is like, "If you have sex with me, I won't tell people that you're running an underground railroad station under." And I mean, she can't, and, and I won't enforce him. the law, against right? You. And I won't enforce, and so. In in that space, like that is her way of, I don't want to say wielding power because in in actuality she is powerless. She has no choice, and so he takes advantage of that. And I think there's a lot of things that circulate around that. Like when John Hawks finds out that she slept with the sheriff, he's so upset. Even though it's his idea to run this underground railroad underneath of their home, it's like his abolitionist feelings that have led them down this road. And she's trying to tell him like, I did this so that we wouldn't get told on. We, we, I did this for us. And he was like, no, you did this for the little girl. And it's like, don't you see how the two are connected? Like 
if he, if he tells that we have a space, he finds her underground. We're both dead. And yet he doesn't see what she's done has been. He's She just spared her life, the little girl's life, and she's just spared her husband's life by by allowing herself to be taken advantage of. But but then she carries it even further because after Noah and Rosalie end up at the Hawks residence mm-hmm. and they come up with this plan to take over the jail and basically to plant all of this on uh, the on the on the sheriff again like I I didn't know what their plan was going to consist of. I didn't either. I was totally taken aback when it was revealed. Yeah. I had no idea. I none. And I also found it very, very interesting that Noah gave up his own freedom trying to help someone else. Yeah, he did. He because there was another slave that was about to get beaten. And so this I don't know, it's just it's confusing in a lot of different ways. Like he was willing to sacrifice Cato, but had to help Cato, which was the original one of the making seven Someone he knew for someone he didn't know, which I thought was really, really interesting. I didn't really know what to make of it, but that but, but scene. Do, do you think Rosalie's words about um, "we ain't free if we all ain't free" or something said, like we're none of us free until we're all free? Yeah. Do you think that resonated with him? Like, is that why he did it, or? I honestly don't know. I was confused as all hell when he went to go help that other slave. I was like, what are you doing? Sir, You got we got things to do, hopes, dreams, aspirations. Yeah, what happened to living happily ever after? Right. Well, I mean, I don't think he ever thought that they were going to because, I don't know, there's just a, there's a lot that is almost unexplained, which is why it's so good because in a lot of ways... I th- I'm not going to say it's completely unpredictable because there are spaces where I'm like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Like, I knew Kato didn't die. Like, there's no way that Kato died. But at the same time, there are a lot of spaces where it's just totally unexpl- unexplained. And I think that's what makes it so good, you know? I don't know. I think it's... At, at the end of the season, basically, you've got... Tom making the plantation owner is dead. Ernestine's getting sold away. Noah's in jail because he's given himself up to help someone else that he doesn't even know. You have that roundabout prayer by Ernestine. Then you get this surprise. Rosalie gets free. Boo gets free. Then Rosalie's like, nah, bruh, I'm going back. And then you get Harriet Tubman at the end. Yeah, and so when I saw that, first thing I said, oh, man, this is like, this has to be a new scene after the $20 bill. But was it? It had to be. I don't know. I think they just knew. Because, like, I mean, but in order for it to be a new scene, she was just like, I'm going back. And immediately, I thought Harriet Tubman. Like, when she said she was going to go back, actually, I kind of I kind of knew she was going to. But when she said it, I was like, there's no way that they can do this without invoking Harriet Tubman in some way. I was I was thinking either Rosalie was going to become the fictional Harriet Tubman, which I would have been mad about because that would have been a erasure because Harriet Tubman was a darker skinned woman. And I would have been type salt. They had given that to a mulatto. <laughs> excuse me. Mixed woman. They call her mulatto throughout the entire. Oh, excuse me. She's a quadroon, isn't she? Uh, Didn't want uh, me call her a quadroon when she was. Ah. Uh... I don't recall. 
Either way, I don't say Quadroon and Mulatto in real life, but <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I would have been super mad. Like I was that like, would have been action of Harry. I legit was like clapping at the TV, like I know you not about to make Harriet Tubman in light skin. Like, so I was super hyped when they introduced another character and she is darker skin. Cause I was like, you can't. Cause all actually, aside from Boo's mother, what darker skinned women are in the main, like are in like a, in a central space in this, in this show. You, you know, that was really, really interesting to me. That's my critique. But- because even Boo's mother, you know, she was biracial, right? But she they was. They all come in different shades. I, I was I was somewhat surprised that she was uh, as dark. Her complexion was as dark as it is. But at the same time, I've seen mixed children come out white as day, like white, red hair, white, and have a black mama. So I mean, I knew I was. I'm, I think we're used to kind of the stereotypical image of like Journey, Journey Rosa, Bell, like yeah, Rosalie. Rosalie, like that's what we think of when we think of mixed people. But at the same time, like that's one of the things that makes us so beautiful as a population is that it doesn't matter what your mama and daddy look like. <laughs> like you can come out looking whatever shade possible. Like one of my best friends, her and her husband have a baby that's real light. And has blue eyes. And they're like, they're mid-tone people. And his sister actually is mid-tone. Has a, and her son came looking just the same, like light eyes, light skin, gorgeous children. But at the same time, that was one of my biggest critiques is like, there is representation, but do the darker skinned women in that show have as much agency as the lighter skinned women? Yeah, so I guess my- So I'm hyped for Harriet. My, I'm ready. My- my analysis of it all, let me see how to say this. I found it very, very interesting that Rosalie, who we knew as the weak house slave, right? Like, how she always seems to rise to the occasion. You know, she was in the process of being raped and she killed the man. She was, um, she disappeared off the boat. And so we thought that Cato probably had did something to her. And we knew that they were struggling on the boat. Well, first, before that, we, no one thought she could swim, but she right. could swim. But that's and, part of her having a, da- a white daddy. Yeah, that's part she of her privilege. Yeah, yeah, that's part of her privilege. And so then she gets off of the boat and she saves them because remember the steering column or whatever was broken on the boat. And so right. they couldn't turn to Ben and uh, all of the slave catchers were there waiting on her, but right. she had built a rapport with the native Americans mm-hmm. and they came and saved the day. And so now we, which I thought was like muddled. I was like, yo, how do you know? That was one that I just wasn't here for where she like showed up with all of these like American Indians and, they just would like, yeah, come live with us. I was like, girl, you've been gone all a half a day. <laughs> How you done found all these people to come through and vouch for y'all? That was one of the the one of the ones where I was mad side eyes. I was like, oh, yeah. no, shade, 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 sloppy plot line. I don't. I was not here for it. Like I was all about like the inclusiveness of like American Indians. Like that scene with like Elliot Stabler excuse me, August, and when they were, like, cutting his chest, I was here for that. But then, 
legit. She she won't gone more than a day, and then she just comes nah, through. I don't like, even think it was a day. I don't think it was a day. Like she got on like deer skin dress, the off the shoulder with like the the oyster pearl. I was like, nah, I'm not, I wasn't. Mm-mm. That was too fanciful for me. And now she's like becoming who we know as the modern day Harriet Tubman. Like she's gonna go back and save everyone she's else. Gonna get trained by Harriet Tubman. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm just here for it. I'm here for Harriet being on the show, and I want her to have like a legitimate role on the show. Show me the Harriet. Hey, I'm trying to get these twenties. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It's I'm sure that we probably ruined the show in certain ways for some of you guys. But at the end of the day, you really need to go check it out. It comes on WGN. At what time? Like 10 p.m. on Wednesday. So you get your empire fix for whoever watches that. I personally could not handle it past season one just because I was emotionally exhausted at the end of every episode because there was just so much an empire. And that's that's saying something when I'm telling you to go watch a slave show. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I still love my empire. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it since season one. But this show, it's just... There's so much into it. There's so many co- different complexities. Like you, you see the house slave narrative. You see the uh, what's it called? You see the house slaves there. You see the field slave narrative. You see Baby James going into the fields. That just broke my heart. Like the bag was bigger than him. And this is the this is the thing. So he tweeted the actor who plays Baby James, and I am blanking on his name. Oh my goodness! But he tweeted a picture of him in his outfit, like picking slaves, uh, like cotton as Baby James, and like like did the share screen with a picture of an actual child from the 1800s picking cotton. Like the kid had to be like four years old. And it was just like, you you can't forget that. Like this, they've definitely done their research for this show and trying to make it as historically accurate as possible. Um, they leave no one, you don't agree with any one person at any one time. Like everybody is so painfully human in this, even down to like the abolitionist like Elizabeth Hawks or John Hawks and how he started off selling slaves on auction block where you see the the guest starring of Journey's brother. Who's Jamal from Empire. Who's Jamal from Empire. And he has a name and I am blanking on his name, which is so sad. So it's just like you see the the evolution of a lot of these characters like that you see like mutual pain you see like the physical pain from like whipping scars it's like hauntingly poignant and you want to see where they go and i i I just i highly recommend it for anybody who's looking for a new television show it's based in it's historical fiction it's just so good it's so good yeah you know I I found myself wondering quite a bit about how did this show end up on WGN? Okay. Which, which is like, I mean, I guess it's a national channel, but it's based out of... I told you, nobody I, knew what WGN was. Yeah, it's, it's based it. out of Chicago. So I wonder if that was kind of the pitch. Is, isn't John Legend from Chicago? I have no idea where John Legend is from. Honestly, I just I like his, Kanye his vocals. Is. No, okay. Kanye. I know, I know Ye is. 
uh, he was born in Springfield, Ohio. So not from not from Chicago is the yeah, moral of that story. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> curious to see if like they pitched this to other channels. I'm really interested to see that as well because this is a very well done show. It's so well done. I mean, maybe like WGM, they they figured they could maybe they might have and they wanted it, but WGM gave them the most creative license. Like, there's so many things that can go, and they also get like a prime time spot. You know, 10 p.m. Even though normally I'm asleep by 10 p.m. because I live this grandma life. You know, gotta get up and teach the kids. You try being the only adult in a room of 25, 13 year olds, and let me know how much sleep you need on a regular basis. Just saying. Okay, grandma. <laughs> but I think maybe that was something that they wanted. Like, you know, more creative license, less competition in terms of, like, the night lineup. I'm not sure. My question, though, is how do we get more? And I'm not talking about just, like, more in terms of slave shows. Because even though I love, like, things that are, are related to slavery, at the end of the day, I feel like we are almost overloaded with slave imagery, like with black people on screen, the only time they like we get awards is when we are, I don't know, slaves, <laughs> like or in some type of marginalized position, which is that why I think shows like How to Get Away with Murder, love that show. Scandal, even though I am not an Olivia Pope fan, I am well, Melly to oh. the day I die. Like, let's be clear. Okay. Um, Please stop cursing. Who cursed? You did. When did I curse? Uh, you were talking about Bay. I thought I mean, Ernestine was Bay. I mean, Olivia's Bay every day. Olivia <laughs> I, is not Bay. She is problematic on some. Okay, we won't go down so that road. How are you gonna tell me who's my Bay? You know, I'm, I'm telling you right now. Have not you allowed. That, have you seen that walk? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I said, we won't go down that route because we'll just end up fighting. She personifies Bay. <sighs> oh my god. I hope not. So that's why, like, characters like Annalise or whatever, they are so poignant because they, they show us as human and not always as the victim, which is why I think even though Underground is a slave show, I've said over and over and over again, it gives so much agency in particular to not just Black people but Black women and show them as instrumental. But at the same time, like, there were so many movies that have come out where I feel like we should have gotten awards for things, but we weren't, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like a lot of times a lot of other people can get awards for just playing human roles. Mark my words, when Nat Turner comes out, it's going to win all the awards. Why? Because we're slaves. That's it. Like Creed, why did Creed not win what it should have won? Like, let, we can go down the list of movies where I feel like, or television shows where I feel like black people are amazing and should be rewarded for it. But they're not. They like us being awarded for the help. They like us being awarded for 12 Years of Slave, which was amazing. I'm not taking anything away from any of those movies. But I'm telling you, when Nat Turner comes out, it's about to shut it down. Because we're slaves. People like I, to see us as slaves. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how that movie is going to be made. Actually, I plan to go to uh, to like the site of the rebellion this summer. 
Um, you know, it's in Southampton County. And yeah. I just finished this book entitled Forsaken that talked about, and, and so I, I I read I read Forsaken, and so something that really really resonated with. I've never me, read it. It's brand new. It just came out like April. Oh, okay. So apparently, after the rebellion mm-hmm. in Virginia, it was illegal for slaves to read the Bible. To read well, yeah. Anything. To but, read anything. But you know we uh. Well, I said apparently what I should have said. FYI, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but so how we use how how black people have historically used religion as a way to liberty by any means necessary, right. um, and we know that religion was one way that we were also enslaved and oppressed and punished, and so in even in even in underground how. Moses was the pastor, and so people automatically thought that he was the person that was literate, and it was actually his wife. Oh yeah, that's but, right. But you remember, like he kind of they use religion and spirituals and, and different songs that they were singing to kind of pass the message about them fleeing the plantation. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's that's. I feel like that's knowledge, like. I don't want to say common knowledge, but a lot of people know that's how slaves communicated different things was through song. You could get things from one end of the plantation to the other end of the plantation like that without anybody outside of the people. Well, you know, your fellow slaves knowing exactly what you're talking about, unless you got a snitch, you know, you know, around. It was to me. And I mean, it's not like it's a shock, but it was something that really, really resonated with me. The difference in the two church services. I don't know if you remember. Right. But when Moses was preaching. That was perfect. Like, and, I'm trying and, to tell and, you some of these scenes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been well thought out. And so uh, I'm really, really looking forward to season two. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that I'm going to have to wait probably an entire year to see it. <laughs> Probably. I, I saw early 2017. Which I'm not here for. I just need them to pump this thing out. Okay? Yeah. I mean, I, I was just was almost like Netflix. Like, why do I have to wait a week to see them? Just like, let me binge watch it. Well, I'm ready for them to just go on Netflix so I can binge watch it before we go watch it again. Just to, like, refresh my, my memory. But... but I, I, I don't know if Netflix has a contract with WGN or not. Like, I don't know if they do either, but it would be in their best interest. Ne- I, I think that they definitely, it would be in their best interest to, to pull this because, you know, you have, I told you the other day, I saw um, on the popular page that D-Ray was tweeting about Underground. Like, how many people are trying to get in on Underground now oh, who yeah. weren't there from Jump? This is- <laughs> he just, he's just been, tw- he's just been um, tweeting about how good it is it's been but what i want to leave everybody with and lord help me that i don't get like someone doesn't come for me so i want to leave everyone with a recommendation if that's cool so here at ain't no free lunch we we tell you that we're all about working towards something greater for for everybody but I think I want to leave everybody with a recommendation just in terms of like this work in terms of Slave stuff. <laughs> I told everybody I got. I like slave stuff. I like the books. I like the TV shows. What everybody needs to go read is "Song Yet Sung" because I, I know someone on that staff so, so, so has yet read sung. "Song Yet Sung." 
Okay, so Song It Sung is a as a I was about to say a song and then a TV show, a book by James McBride. So he is really, really well known for writing this book called The Color of Water. It's like a black man's tribute to his white mother. It's read across high schools all over the nation. I actually have not read that particular one, but he also wrote Miracle at St. Anna, which is was like released by Spike Lee, a movie yeah. in 2008. Yeah, song It Sung is a book that he wrote in 2008 and it basically is about an enslaved woman and free black people and other enslaved people who are trying to break free and their, their lives have come together and their lives have come together and they're trying to navigate. So this woman has visions of the future and of today. So are you, she's called a dreamer. Are you implying that underground has some um they need to be sending james mcbride a check that's all i'm saying they need to be sending him a check somewhere because reading that book and like watch i mean it's not the exact same thing like i want to be very clear it's not the same thing but at the same time there are too many similarities for someone on that staff to not have read this book and for them not to be sending him a check i'm trying to tell you like let me is this plagiarism i don't know I think they definitely took some liberties. I mean, somebody might say like, hey, we've never read it, which they very well might not have. But okay, let's go through this. You got Zeke, who's this like strong, misunderstood, huge mythical slave. You see that guy in the beginning. They both die fighting against like white people in some like magical way where they're they're supposed to be dead, but they're still fighting. You have Rosalie, who is juxtaposed to the main character in... Uh, Song Yet Sung, who is also like, like, uh, like half and half, um, like, like she's like, I'm not sure what, I don't remember, Uh, but it's a, they're both beautiful, like biracial uh, women who are breaking free, who are kind of like set around this entire thing. You have Noah who falls in love with Rosalie. You have another young strapping, like really attractive guy that falls in love with the main character from Song Yet Sung. They break out. You've got the Elliot Stabler character, August Pullman, the slave catcher, who's also known as the gimp in the book Song Yet Sung, who's lost his wife, loses his child, like runs slaves just because like that's what he he does. It's how he makes money because he needs it. And then you've got, and then this is what solidified it for me right here. And then I'll be done. Patty. So you know the white woman who catches Noah, who's smoking, who is in charge yeah. of all the slave runners. You know the guys that were waiting for them on the bend? Yeah, yeah. So Patty, in the book Song Yet Sung, there is a smoking woman who's a slave running white woman. Who which, which is unprecedented. Manly, and her name is Patty Cannon in the book. They have the same name. So, like, how often do you see a white slave running woman yeah, in a that book? Doesn't ha- that doesn't happen. So they have maybe, the same name. So let's tweet John Legend about it. I'm trying to figure I mean, I've been tweeted. I've said, I tweeted, I was like, I don't care what anybody says. Somebody needs to be sending James McBride a check. But everybody read it. It's crazy good. It's not the exact same thing. Don't think that if you've watched Underground, you could talk about Song Yek Sun. It's not the same thing. But there are too many threads that are the same that run through that. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read that. Come back. Check us out next week. 
<laughs> and, uh, send us some voice guys, memos. Let us know how it went. Hopefully, you guys go watch Underground. Did you think that we we ate today, Coop? You know, I don't know if we solved the problem yet. We didn't solve a problem, so we kind of lied to even our teaser. But we'll get it right for the next one. I we we like nibbled today. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not yeah, full we'll, yet. We'll get it right. Moral of the story, guys. Go watch Underground. It's lit. Thanks for listening.